0: you know losing your hair sucks you know it doesn't keeping your hair without leaving your couch yeah, it can be done. If you're losing your hair, you got to know Keeps, K E E P S. It offers a generic versions of the only two FDA approved hair loss products. It's the real deal. The generic versions will save you a fortune. It's really simple. You just go online, you answer a few questions, you snap a couple of pictures of your hair, and a doctor will review everything and recommend the right FDA approved hair loss treatment for you. Shipped discreetly to your door, you're probably uh, wondering, you know, is is it gonna work 66 percent of the men experience hair regrowth thanks to keeps losing your hair sucks sitting at home going jeez i'm losing my hair what am i gonna do stay at home we're all quarantined you can start regrowing your hair keeps.com slash save get your first order of keeps hair loss treatment for 50 percent off that's half off right now at keeps.com slash save Today's podcast may just wear you out. This is one of the more dynamic men I have ever met. And you would not think inspiration could come from a pillow. I mean, you know, those pillows that are monogrammed with cheesy, you know, meaningful phrases like live, laugh, love. No, a pillow that is so good. The president of the United States became a friend with a guy who makes them. He is... A guy who invented a pillow, an open cell polyfoam pillow that has transformed many lives. You have seen him on television, and he believes that all of it, from the pillow design all the way to what he's doing today, comes from God. And it's that pillow that is at the center of it. Out of it, he built a multi million dollar empire. He became a celebrity, friends with the president of the United States. But that's not what that empire is for as you will hear today part of the inspiration that comes from him is the rise from the very lowest of low of addiction of hard drugs cocaine alcohol crack it's the american story of a little boy who at seven his parents get a divorce At that time, almost unheard of and is lost, but then sees the unbelievable possibilities that America offers. It's really hard to become a multimillionaire. It's even harder to become a multimillionaire after overcoming a crack cocaine addiction. And it is also even harder to keep that or to grow that when you are the friend of an outspoken friend of somebody that half the country wants to destroy All of his products are made here in America, and the pillow was the cornerstone, but his next journey, take him into addiction recovery, really service, and possibly a governorship. Today on the podcast, the one and the only Mike Lindell. The first time I met you, you wore me out. <laughs> you have more energy than anyone I think I know. And you're operating at a thousand miles an hour all the time. Yeah. You hear that yeah, a lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Aaron Jerry, Bunny.
0: Yeah. So you're like, it's crazy. Um, and I want to talk to you about your business. I want to talk about... Uh, Trump, I want to talk about the future. Mm -hmm. But I I really want to start with I think the key to you is understanding where you came from. Mm -hmm. So tell me about your early life, because you most people don't know this. (laughs) And I don't think I've ever said this to a guy sitting across from me in a suit. You're a crack addict. Right. (laughs) Okay. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and you went through hell. Mm-hmm. So, give me just the buildup to
1: prior to crack. Okay. Well, you know, I came from you know these are things I know now that I didn't know then. Sure, okay. sure, sure. I uh, my family, my mom and dad divorced when I was seven years old. I was the oldest child. This divorces weren't common then. I was the only kid in this new school that uh, was wow. from a divorced family. Year, uh, It was uh, nineteen sixty eight or sixty nine. Oh, that's really early. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I, um, I that manifested it into, I can just look back now into either showing off to fit in, like climb. you mm-hmm. know, I told my friend, watch this, I'll jump out of a, the window, the bus is going 40 miles an hour, you know, to just to do things to show off, or I wouldn't talk to people. I mean, it was very, especially if I didn't know them, you know, I mean, if I didn't, it took a long time to fit in, and that all the way through up until I ended up doing cocaine in the in the early 80s uh all of a sudden then i did cocaine i'm going wow i can you know I can, it's a mask for pain it's a mass because yeah. i do believe addiction is is not a disease i believe it comes from fatherlessness and father wounds mother wounds and uh
0: so i have to tell trauma, you i don't it, trauma i'm i'm a recovering alcoholic and did drugs mm-hmm. my whole uh my whole life up until i was about 30. uh and I always say you know people are like hey, it's a disease I don't really care if it's a disease or not right. it's still my choice right. on what I'm gonna do with That's it right. I could be born with you know no legs right and it's what I do with it and um, yes and and I think that um, alcoholism drug addiction is uh, a way that people it's it's at first easier to cope oh yeah um, when you have something that will ease the pain
1: most courage false courage yeah, give you, give you <laughs> courage, courage, courage to courage. be who you are or uh, who you think you, you are right.
0: and then it becomes this trap to where i have to have this because mm-hmm. not ju- i'm not talking just about the addiction i'm talking about the mental addiction of i can't perform i used to believe i was a better dad because
1: i was drunk i, I read that up to you i had the same thing there were so many similarities yeah. i'm going i can't be a um, anything I did, if I, be pool player, I, you know, uh, if I was playing pool, I had to be high, you know, I'm, I'm a better player, I, you know, I'm a better person. If, you know, people, people would, uh, at my five-year reunion, this is kind of a, I can remember, all of them had gra- I had never graduated from college. I only had two went two quarters, two semesters, and dropped out. One <laughs> so much in common. <laughs> yeah. And uh, why well, did not finish my second one? So yeah. right on. But but at the at my five year reunion, all of them had either graduated from college, started families, had careers, not jobs. They were moved up. I had worked at a drive-in movie theater in a grocery store, and got fired at the grocery store. And but I had I took over the reunion, telling them about you know, hey guys, I owe the mafia twenty. Grand ran for football bets that came to my house to kill me i, uh, f- I f- crashed my motorcycle fell asleep going skydiving and my parachute didn't open i mean i took over these the were True or not they're true? all true they were all true but it was my self-worth it, like wow i'm you know i'm the center of attention mm-hmm. i got home that night and laid in bed and it was a sadness just engulfed me i'll never forget that like i deep down mm. all i wanted was what they had you know, I can sit here and tear up now just thinking of that person back then. My other self, all I wanted was that. And I'm, you know, back then I'm even praying, you know, you know, God, if I, you know, I'm thinking of grandchildren even then because I wasn't where I was at in my life that I knew I could have been, and it was just very painful. So, who, what was the hole you were trying to fill? You know, I don't know. You know, back, you know, I think um, when your parents got
0: divorced, who did you live with, mom or dad? My mom. My mom. And were your parents? kind of cooled with each other or was it yeah ugly? they were cool
1: but my dad there was it was like a couple years there where he was completely gone you mm-hmm. know did they, you see him once a you know for six months and then my mom remarried to my stepdad but it was also it was also you know i guess i can't blame it all on that but there's different wounds we oh, have yeah. child but they that was one of the things that uh you know where i always felt different i just mm-hmm. felt different from all my mm-hmm. classmates i you know i lived in uh, i've always lived close to home i always felt there's no way i can uh, live somewhere else as strangers and you know i lived in las vegas once for two months i was a professional card counter at one time and i lived there for two months and never talked to a soul other than the dealer it's you know because you have an agenda to talk to him you know this went all the way up through uh, um you know with the pillow when i finally um, invented the pillow i was turned down every where someone said, well, Mike, why don't you do a kiosk? We did this kiosk. I could I could only be there one day. I hated it because people would come up, and obviously I wasn't on crack at the time. Uh-huh. I, mean, I mean, you know, that day anyway. And <laughs> <laughs> because that's a different drug. You're so paranoid, peeking out windows. But but this guy came up, and uh, I couldn't talk to people because they come right up to the kiosk, they're right in your face, and i and uh, I didn't even really know what I had with the pillow, how how big it was going to get. But this guy said, "Mike, do you have a business card?" I said, "I said no, I'm all out." You know, and I wrote on a piece of paper, I didn't uh-huh. have a business card, and. Gave him the phone number. Well, we were completely broke and uh, had to borrow money for Christmas presents that year. That guy called me. I'm like January 10th and said, are you the guy that invented this pillow in Minnesota? I said, yeah. And he said, well, this pillow changed my life. He said, I run the Minneapolis Home and Garden Show. Would you like a spot in there? And so I, I got, I said, sure. Now, I didn't know how it was going to work, but I did one thing. I put a table. I wouldn't let people in the booth. Uh-huh. So there's a table where they're coming to me and I got this like uh-huh. shield, right? Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I look back now, you can't get rejected if you don't talk to people. That was a yeah. big thing. But these people that bought pillows from me that day then, it's like god sent them back the next day all of them showed up there must have been 10 15 to told me and how the pillow changed their life wow this pillow changed my life and you know what's what's it do i didn't even know what it did then you know Mm -hmm. and but it made me feel good inside it gave me some self-worth it wasn't about the money i could care less about the money Mm -hmm. it was about this self-worth if i stepped out from behind that table Hey, I gotta go. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) I owned a bar for 13 years, a small hometown bar, and I remember people would come in. That if no one was in there, just a stranger, and I would it wouldn't be like you know a typical bartender. I'd give them a drink, say, "Let me know if you need anything." I'd be over in the corner and go, "I wish they'd leave." If I wasn't high or drunk, right? And and that was me not want to. I thought I just thought I didn't like small talk. That was my Mm -hmm. my excuse. I didn't Mm -hmm. like small talk, but Mm -hmm. it was wounds, unworthiness. I think unworthiness is that you know. It is,
0: when I first started to sober up, Mm -hmm. um, I was, and I don't know if you were the same way, I was like, I'm just going to give all my stuff away, and anything I collect, you know, you're just like, all of a sudden you go from one extreme to another, all of a sudden you're Gandhi and you're like, I'm just going to walk around in sandals, and and, okay, Uh, (laughs) right? (laughs) And and, uh, I remember that I used to say, I hate people. But what I realized, I hated me. I was so full, so similar, yeah. so
1: similar. And then
0: once you, once you discover that, wait, it's a self worth problem, and you start to rebuild that. You're fascinated by other people. Absolutely, and you realize. Yeah. It was all it was just, you, it was yourself. Yeah, was and you realize, oh my gosh, I have so much in common. Yeah. we yeah. really, you feel that way? We spend all of our time. It's such a trick of, well, you, I know you're religious yeah. me. Yeah, Satan. Same. same trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah that makes yeah. us say shut up if they know about you if they know what you're thinking yep. they won't like you that's right and that just piles on but once you start to say just put it out there yeah yeah here's who here everybody I'm, who i am right yeah. and all of a sudden everybody's like you are so brave and you're like no no you feel that way too right i'm just dumb enough to say it <laughs>
1: Because I know you're feeling that yeah. way. It's, uh, it's so uh, refreshing to see someone who gets that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's my, my whole book is that. That's yeah. what I realized. And people say, when did I realize that? Just in the last three years, did I finally, as I was writing my book, going, "Wow, this is this is why I, I I was always fear of rejection. I'm you can't get rejected. I wouldn't talk to people. I was the same way. I don't I don't like them. I don't I don't want to talk to them. Yeah. I don't like people. Right. You know, I would think that. Yeah, you know that was the devil telling me, but it was myself. Right. It was all this stuff down here and my, these wounds and and my self worth and this on where the devil's lie. Yeah, basically. So let, let me go.
0: Let me go back now. So. When you start smoking, I mean, because crack is pretty.
1: Yeah, crack is As Whitney than, Houston well, once
0: said, "Crack is whack." Right.
1: Right. So, well, let me tell you. The, you know, uh, people. When I this is kind of funny. They when I started to, uh, you know get real famous, everyone's going, now, Mike, just say you had addiction problems, don't say crack. I said, I went right out there. No, I was a crack addict because yeah. we didn't make fun of anything else. We didn't say, what are you on heroin? No, it was, what are you on crack? I mean, that was how bad it was. Yeah. You know, what do you, what are you want crack? That was a joke that people made of it. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it was the early 2000s. I had my, my, I was a very functioning cocaine addict and addict, a gambler and everything for 20, uh, about, you know, from 84 to about 2001, right around year 2000 and I raised a family had a 20 year marriage raised four kids and and very functional. well then that switched to crack around 2000 it was one one night what was the here's what happened the funny a friend of mine came up from up to from up north and he uh we were we'd always go after the bars closed we'd go out and we'd and we would go to my buddy's house we'd all be doing cocaine and and he came in he hadn't been gone for six months and these guys took their cocaine and they went in the other room and they and he goes what are they doing I go, they go in there and they're cooking it up with you know with baking soda you know you have to make the crack and i said then they get paranoid it changes the structure so now crack is different now they're all peering, peeking out windows and anybody that's a crack addict knows the the horror of this it's not a you're not going to be in a bar if you're on crack you're going to be hiding out peeking out windows and and we looked at each other and he said I go yeah it's terrible we don't even talk anymore and he goes and we both made a pact we're never going to be like them we end up being the worst too really it was one fateful night i was at my bar and i was out of cocaine and a guy said, he goes, I got some, I got some cracks, the same thing, you know, just try it. And I, and I had a, just every time I did something, it was mm-hmm. like, I'm, no, I'm not doing that, you know, it's right. worse than what I'm doing. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, above yeah, I'm above that. I'm above <laughs> that. Right. I'm not doing this. <laughs> right. And, uh, and uh, so I ended up doing it and it, it grabs you, what crack does, it'll grab you and do the stuff, the, the stuff, uh, you get there instantly. And it's like all the, you don't have you don't have any downfalls. You can eat on it. You don't you can sleep. But then it does this just the devil's candy. It flips on you and then you're, you're you're done. There's a there's a say I read it somewhere. It takes 30 or I think it's like 30 years for anyone that's ever touched alcohol. It did one even one shot for one drink of alcohol to you know, chronic alcoholics. It would take the average, is I think it's 28 years, I read somewhere, for them to where it finally affects your life. You know, that's all the way from nobody to... Cocaine's like um, three and a half years. Crack is two weeks. So that means the only ones that ever, that I've ever seen quit on that after that first time is it either scares them that it's so, um, you know, that it's just off the charts and Mm -hmm. it scares them so they quit and they don't, you know. But once you get that second one, I don't know one. In fact, in my book, the drug dealers... That when, I, when they knew I switched to crack, they looked at me and said, you just ruined your life. I said, well, don't you know anyone that's ever quit or gone back? And they go, no. So, and, and that's, that kind of challenged me in fact that I knew someday I would quit. And when I did, you know, all my friends have quit now. So I can, I can sit here and say, because I was their hope. You know, they're saying, wow, if Mike can do it, you know, we can all do it. And they, you know, they've all quit. And there was, a, we knew who everyone was. Every every single crack addict, you knew who they were. And I'm not saying, but one thing I want people to know, I'm not saying that anyone can handle cocaine. Every 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 addiction's yeah, no, no, no. an addiction, whether it's yeah. overeating, porn. No, I say, you, know. you know, and it is. Right. It's
0: amazing. I, I've my mother uh, committed suicide, but she was a drug addict uh, to prescription drugs, mm-hmm. and tried to get away from them and right. couldn't get away from them, um, and. Uh, you know, when it came to it, she committed suicide because her bottom was death. Right. Everybody's bottom is different. Yeah, luckily, right, right. you know, I, I remember I did cocaine um, quite a bit for a short period of time right. until I remember getting up one morning and you know, blood all over yeah, my face, right. and I felt like crap, and I and I thought, what am I doing? Right. right. And I luckily got away from it; otherwise, it could have it could have killed me. Right not everybody has those same experiences right. and same exactly.
1: bottoms. Right, you know, you know. if we, and just kind of skip ahead, I will say this, but when my, my Lindell Recovery Network that's coming out, one of the things I have on there is these hope matches, and they're not going to talk about bottoms. An addict can't relate to someone else's bottom. You know, if someone says, you know, you got an advertisement for a treatment center or something, you know, well, I was, I rolled my car and killed three people and I quit forever and blah, blah, blah. Well, an addict either thinks I'm either worse than them or I'm not as bad. Uh, either One or two. Yes. So all I'm doing is the commonality of the drug. So the, uh, you'll put in your age and your addiction, and you're going to have all these people. I have thousands of these two-minute videos where all they're going to say is what they didn't like about the drug. So like I would do crack. I, what I didn't like about crack was peeking out windows. I didn't like running out of chore boy. I didn't like running yeah. out of baking soda. I didn't like farming. A crack addict knows what I'm talking about, and you see these pictures that you're uh-huh. set free. So these are these hope matches that I'll be uh-huh. talking about. and uh, uh-huh. Because it, right now it's just sad in this country addiction is one of the biggest problems we have and it's the most preyed upon by google adwords and everybody you know you put in addiction all these secular treatment centers are addiction is a disease they're preying on the family going does your loved one have insurance you know well right. you can cash in your 401k for 30 right. grand for, you know we can get him help you know and it doesn't work it it's, doesn't work
0: it, it's amazing to me i mean you were in they were called incurables mm-hmm. up until really the 1920s and 1930s. If right. you were just an alcoholic, forget drug addicts. Right, right. You were just an alcoholic. We were you, you were doomed. You mm-hmm. were doomed. Doomed. Uh, I mean, most people don't know that morphine, uh, no, sorry, heroin was developed by the Bear Aspirin Company as a way Mm. to cure alcoholism right they said two weeks of this and you will not drink again well of course it's heroin okay (laughs)
1: it's like (laughs) give me crack i'll quit gambling (laughs) you know exactly right you know in fact that's a lot of stuff going on right now where they're giving suboxone for heroin i mean it's still a drug right
0: you know so the 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 thing that bill w did is he took religious principles absolutely religious people used to say that's you know the devil's fire water and you know don't do that or you're going to go to hell bill took this system and went well what is the whole right and what is it that christ and the gospel actually teaches us absolutely and it is the only thing that works anybody Mm -hmm. who's trying to get off without that 12-step system, which is so biblical, right.
1: you ain't gonna make it. You ain't gonna make it, and you use Jesus as the, in that 12 steps, and I'll tell you, that's why your, your your faith-based treatment, your teen challenges, Salvation Army, Union Gospels, I have vetted over 3,800 faith-based centers we have in this country. It took two years. Every one of them works. They have an 80, 80% oh, yeah. and up success. Right. Secular, like 10 or 15% lower. Right. There's a reason for that. You're replacing... Here, here's what happened. You know, in the 1980s, is I would go to, I would go, Every everyone would. you get your DWIs, you'd go to, so you got a lower sentence from the judge. You'd run to a secular treatment center, and, mm-hmm. and you'd put yourself in, And whether it was outpatient or in, mm-hmm. and you're in there, and they're going, well, look at all the money you spent, and you've you hurt your parents or your children, and how you're such a rotten person. You get out this of there, and worse? you feel worse. Yeah. And now I don't have my stuff, and it's a, it's right. a ticking time bomb, or time, time bomb waiting for, let's say, Uncle Joe dies, and then everyone goes, well, can you blame him? He went back to alcohol, or his wife didn't. Wait for him, or his girlfriend, or his mm-hmm. kids still hate him. Well, now if you didn't fill that, if you didn't fill those, you know, address those why you mm-hmm. were why you were an addict in the first place. That's what these places do. That's what the twelve steps. You find out why you were, you know, what manifested into do addiction. It's, it's not just. I mean, and then you fill it with Jesus, you restore that heart, right? Yeah. The the, the
0: you know the the steps are really terrifying when you're first you know at step one um they're terrifying but when you get for instance i went through all the 12 steps but then uh and i believed in god and i believed in jesus and everything but it took for me at least it took baptism and Uh, whether it is true or not doesn't matter you know jordan peterson says this at all doesn't matter Right. Now, I happen to believe it's all true, yeah, Absolutely, but there is something about someone else, a higher power, mm-hmm. that says, you're forgiven. Yeah, you're forgiven. All, all of this is taken away. When you believe that, mm-hmm. that's when you can be truly healed. Yeah, Without that, you don't... I don't know how you live with the things that were, A, dragging you down, and then all the things you did because of those. Yeah. You're just...
1: You end up just feeling like I'm the worst person in the world. Absolutely, and that's why your faith-based centers, when people come out of them, or that you know, if you're 12 steps using Jesus Christ as that is your higher power, and when you got that. You you have your heart's restored. You have a foundation, at least something for. Because let me tell you, when you I don't care if you get out of treatment or whatever, you're not going to get trust right away, as you know that. You know who trusted me first? My drug dealers. They knew I was never, you know, that I was over. And it took time to build that trust. So you're not going to have that. And so many addicts, so many addicts worry that. Trust me, they're ready to set the world on fire. And then it's not like a country song. You don't get. And even if you do have Jesus, you don't get your dog back. Your truck doesn't start. And maybe your girlfriend or wife or husband doesn't wait for you. Yep. Maybe your kids still hate you. Right. It, it, so it's not a country song going backwards. I no. mean, this is, you need to be okay with yourself. Forgive yourself like Jesus forgave us. And you get there and you're, now you have this rock foundation and you can, you can move on. And once you're set free, by the way, I, I will tell everyone out there, there's no harder work than, than ex-addicts that have set, got restored because they're ready to, you know, they're, um, addiction's hard work as you know there's no people say to me i'm sure they do too oh you work so hard you're always doing this i go i love what i'm doing addiction was hard work oh yeah i can think back and put myself in every day just you know to d- to do this to just to navigate the, the addiction you know it was
0: horrible horrible and yeah. you feel you know i tell the story all the time that there was a time when i was down on the ground and i realized you either follow your steps of your mom and kill yourself or you get the heck up mm mm-hmm. and and I always tell that story that I got up and, uh, you know, the next day, it was worse. Yeah. You know what I mean? It <laughs> yeah. doesn't, it's not like, oh, and the next day I was out. Right. It is so incredibly hard yes. to be able to make that journey. And yeah, yeah, I, to, I want to ask you, you just mentioned trust. Mm-hmm. When you lose everything in your life, which I did, did you lose oh, everything? Yeah, yeah, every, everything. Every, every, yeah. You realize That the only thing you actually own that matters is your word. Yep, that's right. Right? Yep. And you so desperately want to look somebody in the eye and say, this is really how I feel. No, I really believe this. Right. And I want you to address that moment when you realized how important that was and and what that felt like and where that led you
1: well i think that's what actually saved me because you know i invented my pillow in 2004 and i quit everything in 2009 so all throughout when i did shows and and fairs for seven years when nobody would take me i'd be on the road i never broke my word to the show promoters you know i kind of kept i had to you know nail by to keep the addiction and keep i had i kept my integrity kept my word i think god protected me there because where my pillow was just a pulse you know uh-huh. I, I didn't break that word and i think um but i did to a, you know to a lot of other a lot of other uh you know if you took that out of the equation breaking that word that's hard to get back because you don't i remember my best friend breaking a word to him where I had always brought money, I was always good for my word. I never would break that with anyone. Even uh-huh. the drug dealers would give me money plus stuff. I'd say, I'll pay you back double tomorrow and I never would break my word. My best friend, I ended up, I was in jail. I got put in jail for some ticket or driving ticket or whatever, so I, I didn't have the money to pay him. So I go, wow, this works out perfect. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll be fine that, that I was uh-huh. in jail. He completely, he was, it just crushed him that I broke my word. I could have called him from jail, of course. Oh. I said, well, I was in jail. You know, I used it for an excuse. That hurt me, breaking my word to him, breaking my word to my kids a couple of times where I, I can remember my kid, my one son tearing up in the driveway and saying, you know, I gotta move out. You know, he was 18 and, and that's, that's hurtful. And those are things you can't bring back. No, but, but it takes time once you're set free and that will come back, but it takes time.
0: You know, we all have an idea of what our dream job looks like, but somebody isn't going to just hand it to you odds are you need at least a bachelor's degree to make that dream a reality and i know it's hard to go back and you know go back to school while you're working i did it when i was 30 that's why you're going to love ashford university ashford university's online bachelor's and master's degree program allows you to learn on a convenient and flexible schedule you can study wherever you're most comfortable learning and enrolling in one of the six-week courses at ashford makes you a full-time student I, I will tell you I started doing this myself when I was 30 and I didn't have online and it was so hard now you can pursue a master's or a bachelor' degree that you've always wanted in programs in business administration, healthcare administration, psychology just to name a few. The SAT, GRE, GMAT, and other standardized test scores are not required for enrolling at Ashford University. Ashford University, accredited by WASC Senior College and University Commission. So get on the road to earning your degree and making your dream job a reality. No fee to apply at ashford.edu back. That's ashford.edu back. for me I I made a pact with God take this away from me and I will serve you and I will I will not break my word right harder to do with him
1: right, right,
0: uh, right. his demands are a little higher yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I've worked so hard on that right. the political mess and I, I don't want to Concentrate on this right now, but I would like to touch on this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. the political mess that we're going through right now The only the only thing that has really deeply affected me Is when people say you're only saying these things for money. You are only doing this right. for that you're only because that Is the only thing I own mm-hmm. and I know the value of that right have you now that you are friends with Donald Trump right. Have you gone through that crucible? Where you have protected that integrity for so long and worked
1: to make sure it's rock solid. Yeah, I th- I think so. Be my. For example, um, I had uh, a Republican in the last election want me to do a big donor event, and they were pro-choice. I said, "Are you are you crazy? I'm not doing this." You, well, I'm right in the middle. I said, "There is no middle." I said, "Here would be right here, here, <laughs> here would be," and I said, "I said here would be the headlines." Mike Lindell goes against his Christian values to back a Republican. I'm done then. My integrity's gone. Where I'm with my where I am with God. It just so happens that I'm glad Donald Trump has took the Republican Party. Kind I mean at the common sense party now. Mm-hmm. And matching it, it keeps matching more and more of my Christian values. And I've been able to keep my integrity. I just don't back down. In fact they they say um um there's a cartoon out that says did um Mike Lindell um, all the Democrats are in a room and they go what are we going to do with Mike Lindell and they go what do you mean and he goes well he wrecked half of, didn't you hear it? he wrecked half of his brain when he was on crack now he has no realization of any self-doubt and it's kind of a cool thing I said that wow. I said that was by Steve <laughs> Co- <laughs> I sent him pillows I go thanks Steve but it just kind of tells you where I stand my I don't think my integrity people know you know when I went into the election
0: well, does it bother you that knowing that that you are like that, does it bother you when people try to smear your integrity when
1: it's not you. Right it did in the, it, where it did I got a, re- a realization a slap in the face right away in the summer of 2016. Now you realize when I came out of addiction I didn't know anything about politics and then when I ended up this, I had a dream I did, a dream one night I'd meet Donald Trump in 2015 and then he ran for president and then I'm, and I'm going boy I better learn what everything is you know <laughs> I never voted. I didn't know politics were important voted, really. I didn't know anything about politics I didn't think they were important but when I came out of addiction I'm going wow my friends are unemployed everyone's got lost their houses there's a president giving money to an evil empire and i go what did i miss you know (laughs) i I literally am going what did i miss so i come from a blank slate and when when and i had by a divine appointment i met donald trump now this is the summer of 16 august 15 2016 i get invited by him personally to meet him in a private meeting and i I fly out to new york i don't even know if i'd been to new york before and I, i guess i had and they uh I fly out there and I. And it's a half hour meeting and I. And we're talking about you know right. They said whatever you do, don't tell them you're on crack and don't you know uh-huh. an ex addict and and you're never going to meet them alone. Well, but divine appointments. I end up meeting them alone. One of the first things I said I was an ex crack addict. You know, yeah. <laughs> And right. uh, And I, but I told him where my passion was I was going to have a big platform to help addicts and everything he told me what he was going to do. He was he liked the fact that I you know made all the my product your pillows uh-huh. and we talked for a half hour and I just. He, I've been around everyone. They ate from no forks to four forks, and I hundred percent was all in because I what an advantage I got to see the person, read him, and know that it, you know he had no agenda other than to help this country and help us uh-huh. as individuals. And he didn't ask for money. This wasn't a money thing. This was just a real person and all these things. I go, wow! If he does all this, this is incredible. But I went, I walked out of that room, talked to his employees, and I mean, I I went deep. Okay, I'm going. Hey, what do you what do you think of your boss? everyone, most of them were women and minorities going, this guy's the best, he personally they all had a personal story how he had helped them so I'm going to go all in I flew back to Minnesota And I went and now back then I could say to the media, I'm walking across the street and they'd all be there with their microphones, right? I went to my boardroom and I said, you guys, I'm going to do a press release. I want to tell everyone about Donald Trump. I said this, you know, we got to go all in. This is Matt. Everything he's going to say he's going to do is amazing. Well, my board, one guy said, Mike, you you do that. You're going to ruin our company. And you're only, you know, you're going to ruin half of the country. Walked out of that room and I was mad. My CMO came out. She goes, Mike, we didn't get all this way by you not listening to God. I went back in that boardroom. I said, we didn't get all this way by listening to God. I'm doing that press release. I did it the next day. And none of them took me on. Six of the venues, six of the outlets from a newspaper to TV all sent me emails calling me a racist and calling me all this stuff. I go, what are you kidding? And they dug up dirt on me that had, that I, I had already told people, but they dug up all this dirt. Then when he wins the election, they took me for the better business from an A plus to an F for my pillow. I mean, I was just attacked and I'm going, God, did I make, I never doubted myself, but I'm going, God, you need to protect me here. You know, I'm like, I know I'm doing the right thing that I'm supposed uh-huh. to do this and and then by a series of divine things a, an article came out five days after they did that announcement that told my whole story to the country and all the country then attacked them it stuck up for me you know uh-huh. it was like 95 percent. it was these this small voice down there that was the bad uh-huh. and they so since that time it's almost now i can i've kind of like broke through where i can go on tv now and talk good you know, i can speak out for jesus like i, I wear my cross on tv i got attacked for that too many times oh, yeah. And and now I can speak out for of him or speak great things about the president and I I don't get attacked anymore you know what they what happens is on Twitter they'll go boycott Mike Lindell on my pillow and then another guy will say don't boycott him he'll double his ass we see enough of that guy <laughs> 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 so so it's, it, it was hurtful then and scary at that time but now you know I know I'm going God confirms to me all the time I'm doing the right thing you know when I went out um, shortly, I was saved on February 18 2017 when I did a full Surrender to wow. Jesus. I mean, that was after wearing my cross and God chasing me all that time. Uh-huh. But shortly after that, I went out to U.S. Bank Stadium. There was fifty thousand millennials, and I led them in prayer. Told five minutes of my story. Three weeks later, my granddaughter and I are at Valley Fair the Amusement Park, and there's all these millennials and these ZB's or whatever they're called now. They come up and they're going, you know, wow. Mike, I got, you know, you're so inspiring. I found Jesus I you know, for my thing, not for the Christian bands and this other stuff. And it was, I'm going, wow, that was God confirming to me. Like when those people came to the pillow that time that yeah. I'm, it's on the right path. And my, finally, my granddaughter says, um, he's my grandpa. We need to go on rides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was so, it's been so rewarding to take the platform and break through that, that and not worry about that anymore.
0: You know? So, um, Let's move to Donald Trump for a second. Mm -hmm. I, in 2016, the guy had no record on any, you came to him blank. Yeah. I came to him from the political realm. Right. And I thought, there's no way this guy who has lived in New York has right. donated to Nancy Pelosi and all of these people the whole time. There's no way he's going to do any of these things. Right, right. And the promises were so grandiose. Oh, right. and I'm like, oh, really? Because Reagan didn't do that. Right. You're going to do that. You, you've been <laughs> yeah. giving to all the wrong people and you're going to do that. No way. Right. And I said the same thing I said after Obama, because I was against Obama. Yeah. Look, he's our president. Yeah. And if he does these things great i want to be wrong right i've never been more happy to be wrong yeah. about somebody than with donald trump right um the balls that that guy has yeah, it's amazing the things that he has done and even i've come to a place to where the thing i still haven't been able to get past is can you stop tweeting for the love of pete stop tweeting that actually is a blessing. <laughs> absolutely, that I tell is what that all the time. drives the press and mm-hmm. everyone out of their mind. Yep. Donald Trump is not destroying the press; no. they are. They are. He's saying, you know, who they are. Yep. Let me tell you this: <laughs> he you. sets them off, and they become ten times worse because of that. Mm-hmm. And you see, it and you are like, "Wow, he's right." Yeah, he is tearing things down you know. because he's a hand grenade. Yeah, absolutely. To how much of that...
1: How much of that does he really know, do you think? Yeah, well, let me tell you, there's two, th- about three things to that question. One is, I, I get asked all the time, "What Mike, if you had to put, say what's the best thing the president's done so far, one stands above all others. He smashed political correctness. Nobody. We couldn't have got anything else done. You know yeah, that. Yeah. Well, and I and I always say to people, I came to him with a complete blank slate. I didn't know where he came from with all yeah. in New York. Mm-hmm. I, I met the man directly. Right. So I'm going, and when I do my due diligence like I did, I'm all in if you know if i'm putting in if i believe i ain't moving from that space so now you know, but during that journey, especially the first six months and stuff, everyone's going, Well, Mike, you were wrong, blah blah blah. You know, they're all just attacking me and and I'm going, you know, God, I know I heard this you know, right? Know, <laughs> know. It's I'm, scary, going, isn't I'm it? staying in this space yeah, well. But he the thing there's some of the things he would do it and I would sit there and go, if you look back when he does something, whether it's a tweet or whatever, and then you look what it manifests out to, like you say, you're going, Wow, did he plan that? Or how right. it's genius. Right. You know, one of the things I tell people about Donald Trump is he is a problem solution like no other person and he's such a good listener he'll listen and take it in people don't realize that he's not making these things in his head he takes he takes he listens he's got it's like a calculator god's gifted him with this mind but not just problem solution he knows what it's going to manifest to that's the big thing he knows you know hey if i do this this is a solution but he also knows out here what it's going to do and and a lot of times he won't even tell people that Uh he just knows instinctively or got you know you know, this is what it's going to do for us in our daily lives. Now, when me, you know, he just made me uh, chairman of the Minnesota Trump campaign about two weeks ago. I'm so excited because now I'm going to do these mini rallies like I did in Michigan and North Dakota, where I go out and I can speak from a blank slate and say, "You guys, I to- bet everything I had on faith in 2016." Now we have proof of concept. It's so easy. All these things. It's like you know, look at this. And I'm not going to say just look at this, this, and this. And you know, from Minnesota, I can say you know manifested in your daily life, you know, for our southern Minnesota and our, and our northern Minnesota, the Iron Range. Mm-hmm. It's the city, though, in Minnesota. I can do a great example. <clears throat> Here's all these things that have happened for, like, the the blacks, you know, in the country with the lowest black unemployment. The highest is in the country is Minneapolis. You know, um, we have all these things. The highest crime increase, Minneapolis. We're not, we're not where the rest of the country is mm-hmm. because of a few things going on in politics in Minnesota. Right. We don't have to name no names. It starts with an O and ends with Mar. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: And it also uh, is Keith Ellison and, and Keith. I mean, whole, are some it, they're, they're real
1: blocking the good yeah. things like the our opportunity zones, these envision centers, all these things. I I feel it every day. There we live it in Minnesota, and people say, "How are you going to get her out?" I said, "Just let her stay right now." Everyone. She's engaging. All I got to do is point to her and point to a a great city like Detroit, where these great things are going on in Detroit. There's amazing things going on in Detroit. In fact, I want to make a commercial and go, here's one city that listened, that's doing all these things from the administration. Here's what it's manifest in their daily lives. I got a lot of things going on in Detroit. And here's here's Minneapolis, where we haven't listened, where, in fact, the rally there. Remember when our mayor said, stay out, Uh stay away. I mean, this is what's going on in my home state. So I'm ready for the fight. And they, and uh, it's going to be
0: exciting. Bill O'Reilly said something the other day. Uh, he said, "I think Bernie Sanders' loss uh, will be the end of the social socialist movement." I don't think so. I think it's more like uh, Barry Goldwater, nineteen sixty-four, Ronald Reagan, Bill Buckley. That those epic losses early actually galvanized people uh, and created the Revo- uh, the Reagan revolution later the where do you, where is this coming from? What is the solution to this? I, what are your- I can answer
1: that. I, I really believe this, because I had a, I believe I got this, you know, I, I prayed about this and where this was going. I kind of wish that Bernie goes further into it because I think the Democrats are going to expose what socialism is. I think they're, they're, they're exposing it. Here, here's what it is. We don't want this, but they're doing it in a way, obviously kind of hidden right now right. to try and put everything into Biden. Right. But if we, but if he gets stronger, they're going to have to say, "Hey, here's what it'll happen if he gets there." Right. They're going to have to start doing their own ads no, against it. I have to tell
0: you, I think Trump wants to run oh, against oh, Sanders. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Sanders. Yeah, yeah, and the only problem with this is the risk. The risk right. if something,
1: God right. forbid, happens. Right, that would be the that, that would, would be a thing. disaster. I, I think this is set up biblical. I now I think of this. I believe. And, and I don't want anybody out there to get complacent because I want everybody to convince people on the left to come on over to the right. But I believe Donald Trump will win in a landslide. And when he does, here's what's coming over the next five years with the, these two biggest things. It's like the, the final frontier thing. I believe addiction is the biggest opportunity in history for the biggest revival ever to get where's who's people looking for hope more than more than addicts or their families and everybody's affected right now no matter how many forks you eat with i don't care it does everyone's affected so bringing this country back to god bringing schools back bringing this next generation back that middle generation that didn't have god in the schools and we had a, you know these teachers unions and these professors teaching this on they're going to look at, at the example around them and it's, they're going to be kind of squished by two you know kind of like you know hey it's, this is uh it's going to be more and more people coming on over to to rea- reality mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean because this is uh this isn't going out i've said it before so many of them believe that socialism. They don't even know what it is. They think it's having coffee, you and I together. Right. You know, That's being social. They're they're they are they they do not get it. I mean, they don't they don't understand what it really. Well, well they, they haven't
0: been taught. There's th- no one teaching it. There's
1: no one teaching that. There's no one teaching so many things. And I think this is where um, this is where I think in the next five years the president's really going to focus on destroying this addiction. You know, thing. They're so you get. And then, using that to get God back in our schools and your your faith based treatment all these things
0: we talk about the addiction that's going on with opioids mm-hmm. now what what is what's what does that look like, and what is happening there
1: well it's, you know they say that uh, that it's actually turned somewhat with the you know the first lady and the president they 've done so much for it already but they, but in, and then with the, I was there when he signed the opiate bill right. but what it is, you've got a generation that's willing to play Russian roulette because they didn't have God as a base. They you know, they, they have their self worth is like like, you know, you and I when we were addicts, their self worth. I often thought once, you know, would I ever do cocaine if it was poison if every other one and I could die? And uh, if you read my book, I actually yeah, I actually took it that took that chance one time and uh you know right after i was poisoned down in in mexico then not even two minutes later i did more cocaine you know <laughs> and so it's such
0: well, a alcohol people most people don't understand it. alcohol is a poison right i mean doesn't taste good in it, its real thing there's a reason for that if yeah. it tastes like water
1: everybody'd be dead
0: right and it's it's it is a poison you are poisoning your body
1: right, right. um and uh and yet, we still do it. We still do it. I, I really think it's because that generation that you got that whole you know generation there that didn't have they it was it, they didn't have God. They didn't have a foundation. They're we we're reaching out for um, for something to so self worth. They're just it's a block, and they're this whole. Um, you know, let's go have cry rooms. I mean, I mean, you know, these different things, they don't have anybody to lean on and they don't, what I'd say to people out there right now, this is, I will say this, if you have an addict out there or if you are an addict and you're in that age group, I want you to look at, everybody knows someone that's died. Everyone does now, somewhere, you know, you've heard about it or you're someone very close. I had very close people to me die, but, um, and, but we also know people that have made it through and go look at them for that hope these these addicts need hope these kids need hope that hey i can get out of this whatever it is this this um self-worth thing or you know this hopelessness that's what they're looking for something to hang on to hope so they're not just masking pain um but they're you know they're Uh, it's not even I don't even think it's even a false courage so much anymore as it is they have nothing what are we living what are we here for you know
0: if you don't if you don't believe in a higher purpose than yourself this this gets pretty empty
1: it gets very empty
0: it's just there's nothing to it
1: right it's very empty and then you have all these things like all these um, they get caught up in a world of you know where's the where's the joy you know I think that's the biggest thing now you bring it back to politics I can bring it back I'm going you know one of the things I never thought politics affected anything that affects everything. And it certainly affects like the stuff I'm doing for the recovery network. It affects everything to do with our Christianity, mm-hmm. everything to it do. Shouldn't. It, should, it, it shouldn't. It shouldn't, but it but does, but it does. The
0: way our uh, founding was originally, right. America was, it didn't. It did. Right. But now it affects
1: everything. everything. So, so that's what I am then. And these kids need hope and, and, and it's, it, when someone dies, a friend of yours dies and you're doing, I had two, two people a few years ago, very close to me. The one died in the guy's arms and four months later he died, this, he, he died of the same thing. It's like, we, you know, there's no, because there was nothing inside, there's something empty inside. You
0: know, I think it was Marx or Lenin who said that uh, religion is the opioid of the masses. I actually think that's a self-diagnosis on socialism because your god becomes government and mm-hmm. these kids are looking for things they want to make a difference they, right. they don't they don't want to live a, a life of empty consumerism right. and what they are doing is they're being told well if you crush these people who use this kind of language you're doing good <laughs> right eventually all of that is empty because it's a
1: lie because it's a lie. a lie and you wait till that happens we haven't seen nothing yet yeah. that's what I'm saying you're exactly right you, you're looking for someone to fill that self-worth so if you're out there I, I'll get a good example I, I did the movie on Unplanned um, you, you know mm-hmm. with the, yeah, it, yeah. and I was out in California at the red carpet and they had all these protesters they pulled me over Mike you want, can we get your picture and I came over there to them and these these guys and they, I took pictures with these kids and, and these protesters a lot of them were paid by the way they told me we're just paid we you know we could care less whatever but it meant but a lot of them were doing it it was something to do it made them feel like they were part of something to fill that emptiness you know I sat there and talked to them all by the time I was done talking they all wanted to turn in their signs or you know and go what am, what are we doing here you know because I but i can't it's it's hard to to go person by person and I think what's going to happen is they need to see over the next five years that there is hope and you're, you're feeling your self-worth in a better way which is which is that's what i said from the beginning here addiction is the biggest i was with a, a billionaire guy about four months ago and he was lawyer we talking about my recovery network and he's but he, he broke out he said mike you know in order for people to get back to god in our country it would take the great depression because uh everybody has to be bad before you before uh, you you have hope and reach out to jesus like mm-hmm. when we've been there and going mm-hmm. you know please god get me out of this i'll never mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and i said and right off the cuff i said no i said the Great Depression, they had God. They were praying for food and stuff, physical things. We have the greatest opportunity in history being addiction because there you're saving souls. You're looking for, you're deep down. Where's that? You're looking for hope. Showing that God is that hope, and this is what's going to happen over the next five years. These these kids and these people need to that are that have this emptiness about them that are looking for because it, what you just said. Once they realize that they were they were fighting for something that wasn't real, or that was wrong, think of then how you're, they're going to hit and have just feel terrible inside. But you know what? I, we we made I mistakes. Did it. You did it. We, yeah, we made mistakes. I want anyone out there. You know what? It's okay. I would I wouldn't change anything in my life. People yep. ask me all the time if yep. I wouldn't be sitting across from you right now, and I mean that. You know.
0: So, this is something that I often think of, I I uh, teach class in my church and and I say this all the time, uh, and I don't know if people who haven't been there can really get this, I really needed the atonement. I needed forgiveness, I needed <laughs> that, I mean I desperately, it was that or death, yes. I needed it. <laughs> people are like getting baptized and they're like okay well I, uh, yeah. I don't know, I would not wish that part of my life on anyone ever i would yeah. not choose to do it again but i don't know if you can really truly be the person you are until you've been thrown up against the wall mm-hmm. and it's do or die yep. and then you know right who you are and you have real strength absolutely so who would you be do you think now if you hadn't have had that
1: I, you know, I don't know. In my, in my book, it's, I, I get to on January 16, 2009, where I said, I knew that day when you talk about bottoms, I make sure I didn't have any money. You know, that it'd mm-hmm. be the greatest comeback with God. All things are possible. But, but the next day, I instinctively knew that there were two. It was like I worked at a drive-in theater. And the second feature that was going to come on would either be, A, my calling, or B, whatever that would be. OK, so I, I I've thought about that many times and wait, back up, back up.
0: OK, tell me about tell me because you're telling me about the turn, the point, the
1: the right. pivot point, the pivot point. So tell yeah. me what tell me. Take me to that day. Yeah, this was January 16, 2009. I mean, earlier that year, things had to happen that year where I knew that I had this big calling that, uh, you know, that, that God had this big plan for me. And I didn't where did know that come from. Uh, Where did that come from? I would get these. It came from different things. Uh, here's, here's an example. The drug dealers did an intervention on me in the spring of 2008. From drug came, dealers. Yeah. I came out of the room, and three of the, the biggest dealers in Minneapolis are standing there and they're going and I'm downtown in the worst part of Minneapolis because I had a, a warrant out for my arrest and I've been up for 14 days with no sleep and they said we're cutting you off you've been up for 14 days and I said I've only been up for 12 and they're you know, <laughs> or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like that's better yeah that's better and I said what is this an intervention they said call it what you will now two of them left one of them down went down to the street and got the word out and said you know if you see some crazy white guy with a mustache you bet you're you not selling him anything and this is him my book. These two of the guys work for me now, by the way, are born-again Christians oh. now. But two of them, they leave, and this guy, finally, he went to sleep. I was already down to looking on the ground. We call it farming, and looking for, because I was out of crack. And I headed down the streets, 2 o'clock in the morning. I couldn't buy crack anywhere. I spent an hour, and a very resourceful. I'm going, you know, person to person. They're going, no way, man. I got. You're not getting any from me. And uh, came back upstairs, and he's waiting up for me, and he said, give me your phone. He says, uh, I'm taking a picture. You've been telling us you're going to write this uh, write a book and that my pillow now this to this close he said you've been telling us my pillow is just a platform for God and that you're going to come back and help us all someday and uh you know that you're you know I was their hope and to get out of this addiction and everything he said to get out of this addiction lifestyle we're leading and I would tell him that all the time I had 28 of my friends quit on their last day we'd be at the bar after the bars closed we'd be doing cocaine or whatever and I'd I'd be telling about end times and mark of the beast I read about when i was in jail in the bible uh-huh. you know uh-huh. and uh they'd quit and find jesus and i'm going my friends are going will you quit talking to me we're losing friends you know I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, but these and then things happened in 2008 i had four calls one night um they uh this it was uh i had been on this little public access channel never been on tv other than that and she'd air it this christian lady would air it once in a while at three in the morning and i get a call at six o'clock that night i i lost everything was gone then by then to my other house this house and and i'm all by myself out in this wooded farmhouse and i said they get this call and she goes are you the guy i've seen on this on um, channel six i said yeah she goes well i don't you have a big calling i got i got this in prayer and god wants me to pray with you if that's okay i said sure she prayed for about 45 minutes i'd mute her and do my line once in a while you know and and about a f- two hour i end a call with her and two hours later i get another call yeah you're the guy in, that i've seen on Channel six she says uh god t- told me what you're doing is important and never give up and i want to pray with you she prayed for two hours okay and i and i ha- i know these people to this day oh. now but then at three in the morning this guy calls up and he goes I, at three in the morning he says uh are uh, you the guy on, I've seen on Channel 6? He says, I don't believe in God, but I keep getting this dream that I'm supposed to call and tell you what you're doing is so important. I hope my dreams stop now, you jerk, blah, blah, and he slams the phone down. Eight o'clock in the morning, I answer the phone. I go, you don't want to buy a pillow. You want to pray. And she goes, how did you know? I said, it seems to be the thing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but things like this kept happening, and my friend came to me uh, where I finally, he came to me in December. He was my match. He had been, we had both done cocaine at the same time in the 80s. We had both switched to crack in the early 2000s. And I heard he had found the Lord, and, and I hadn't seen him in four years. And he came popping in, like beaming somebody in from Star Trek. I go, mm-hmm. Dick, what are you doing here? And he goes, the Lord led me here. He goes, what's going on? And I said, I said, you know, as long as you're here, I got some questions. And the first thing I asked him was, is it boring? He said, no, man, it ain't boring and I needed to know meaning all meaning life I didn't without drugs uh, life without drugs or you know I didn't mean with God I, I don't think you know but either way it was the mm-hmm. same thing you know mm-hmm. he he but I drilled him with questions for two hours because only he of anyone else who come into my life there he was my hope because we were equal in every way okay <laughs> A month later on January 16 2009 that's when I knew that that was the end of the line where if I woke up the next day, now would it be, was it my bottom? Yeah, like I said, made sure I didn't have any money left or anything. Physical bottom, but, you, you know. But I knew my calling would be gone. I would lose that option forever. So where I would be would either be dead or I would be, you know, even if I would to quit, even if I would to quit two days later, I knew the calling was going to be gone. I just knew that, that that was it. It was like, you know, God saying, okay. I've waited too long, you know, my sister had called me up and she says, you know, you have a big calling, God's, you know, God's tri- tired of you standing in front of semis and thinking you can live through anything. I used my calling, knowing I was called, to tell God, you know what, you picked me for this, this sounds horrible that I'm going to be doing all this, and I'm not going to have my drugs, so I pro- procrastinate. I procrastinated for almost a year, maybe even longer, knowing that I had this calling, and you know, going okay, but I, so in other words, I waited till the last minute. We've done that before. <laughs> so
0: I've absolutely done that, and I've had that same feeling. I had the same feeling mm. when I was eight years old. Had it my whole life, right? Uh, and there came a point to where uh, I, I really, truly believe I, I heard in a very compassionate way. Right, it's okay. I'll get somebody else. Right, right. And he, it was kind of like that. Yeah, it's like, you it, know, just, it was not like, you know, damn you. Yeah, yeah, it was, right, right. It was like, like yep, I get it. Yeah, you, yeah, I've waited, but yep. I'll get somebody and see, else.
1: And my thing was there, I said, you know, God, I want to wake up in the morning and never have the desire for any of it again, ever. And I woke up in the morning. It was like Groundhog Day. I'm going, wow, something's different. The desire was gone. I've never, you could have put me in a crack house that day. I wouldn't have died. The desire was gone. But That's now, conversion. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that was just radical. This. I mean, there was no desire for crack, cigarettes, alcohol, anything. It was gone. But, you know, then things started happening. But two months later, I did go to a faith-based treatment center out of my church to find out. I felt led to go there. I'm going, why am I going here? I quit, you know, mm-hmm. to, to find out why I was an addict in the first place. And I had been in so many treatments centers and I walked in there the first day and I'm going you know I did this much I'm being all grandiose so how many days I stayed up and they go we don't care about that and the first thing he said was tell us about your father I go, what are you talking about a, And your childhood I said I had a fine childhood how dare you bring this up you know but seeds were planted there that actually brought me all the way up to like I say February 18 2017 when I went into a, a thing it was actually it's called operation restore where it's actually for veterans and I went in there with hope that I could and did a full surrender and then I got you know i I actually got baptized in the Jordan river, you know, I mean, I mean, mean, these things that happened real fast. And for me in uh, 17, it was kind of like, I met a gal in 2014 and she said, Kendra says, you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. You're just believing in, you know, you're, what do you mean? I wear my cross on TV and it's not a pose. And I'm, (laughs) you know, people would call me up. This is crazy. With in 2011, 12, 13, when I got so big, so fast and, or in 14, 15, 16, I guess was really bigger but they people would call me up and go when i was the only call center and i'd answer and they go you're wearing your cross on tv and this would be some atheist or whatever and i would sit there with and spend an hour with them on the phone and they'd be saved i go there take that and i'm not saved yet <laughs>
0: <laughs> so tell me before they got to go back where did and I, I don't want this to sound like a infomercial um, but You know, because when you were coming on to do commercials uh, on my show, Mm -hmm. full disclosure, he's uh, an advertiser. My no, my uh, pillow is an advertiser. Yeah, my pillow is. Um, But uh, uh, I was dreading this meeting i got a my pillow sent to my house right and i tried it and i hated it and it wouldn't have been anything i would have ever bought i would right, have right, never right. purchased a my pillow because yep. yep, it's yep. that crazy guy on tv with the pillow stop <laughs> um and i like the down and i like all of that stuff yep. but i just could you know just sleep horribly i got it i hated it right i hated it yep. and i don't Advertise for things I don't like, right? right? Yeah. My ability is on, yep. and I'm sitting there going, "How am I going to navigate these <laughs> waters here?" And I walk in, and within a minute, right. you said, "You hate my pillow." Yep. And I hadn't really. I, I was being kind, yep. and I was like, "I knew, I I you knew. Know. Yep. Uh, And you knew it. You hate my pillow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I do." uh then you said you got the wrong wrong
1: size you got the wrong size thickness yep
0: so you sent it to me i again this is not a commercial but i i i it's incredible i sleep with it every night it's not something i even it's just i would have never thought and i wouldn't have thought that there was that much change and it fluffs up I just put my hands through. You adjust through. it know, for you. Yeah. yeah, you just put your
1: hands through both
0: ends. Yeah, yeah. Is, that, is that what people yeah, do? Yeah, well, you adjust I'm...
1: it for you as an individual. Yeah, so.
0: And it stays that way.
1: Mm-hmm. What the hell is
0: this? <laughs> I am fascinated you know, by how
1: for, it's, and and I've sold forty six million now. But the, when when you talk when you talk about what what you just said there, it's all about keeping your neck straight at night. And this right. is you know when God gave me God first gave me the dream of this uh, for it was the name my pillow. I got upstairs in two thousand four and I'm I'm right, my pillow all over like making a logo. I'm going this is going to be so cool. My daughter came upstairs. She's like eleven years old. She goes what are you doing, Dad? I go. I'm going to invent this pillow. It's going to be called my pillow. It's going to change the world. And she grabbed her glass. Wash. She goes. That's really random. And went back downstairs. Oh, but as. As um, I didn't even know, I kept getting these downloads and and dreams. It took about a year to invent, and it's never changed. from when, when we finally had it invented, I, the only thing that changed about ten months it was invented. But I wanted it to have everything. I wanted to wash and dry it. You couldn't wash and dry pillows back then, mm-hmm. and so it was back to the drawing board. Friend went completely broke when it's mortgaged my house just to be able to make it last ten years. I wanted to take every problem solution into the pillow. I wanted it to have everything. You know, as long as you're making something. It's going to be the best ever. I wanted it to be every single person. If you went down the streets and said, What would you like in a pill? I want one that you could adjust. Here it is. I want one that stays cool. Here it is. I want one you can wash and dry. Here it is. I want one made in the USA. Here it is. Every answer I wanted it to be a yes. And <clears throat> is what, it patent? Yeah, it's patent? patent? Oh, yeah. I got a patent. And here's <laughs> here's what happened. I'm going to tell you the patent. When I was turned down everywhere, I actually went into a bed bathroom beyond when I had it invented. I said, How many do you want? I got the best pillow in yes, history. Right. Where's your manager? And the guy, he literally came out to me and said you need to leave now because i was so passionate you know am going what do you, you? Yeah. <laughs> he goes you need to get out of here and i yeah. you know we realized i was and uh, anyway so what happened then in 2006 or five i think it was six i was doing the minnesota state fair very interesting i had my three jars of my patented fill up there and there's a guy to my right wearing a suit and he didn't fit in this fair right and uh-huh. I'm done selling some pillows and he came walking up and he was an executive from a big bedding company and he said you're the guy that invented this pillow and he says yeah and he told me who he was he said well we checked this out and this stuff lasts 10 years or could even be longer now I mine was theory right I would got dreams uh-huh. and some go wow I'm glad somebody checked it uh-huh. out right and he goes this pillow he goes, he goes do you have a patent and I said no not Ooh. yet and he said he goes well let me Tell you this will never ever see big retail and i go what do you mean he said the average person buys 40 pillows in a 10-year period it's one of the biggest industry where you just they don't work and they and uh, he said what's going to happen is and he named the big companies they all start with an s they're going to go around you they're going to get that patent and never put this on the market like the cars that got 200 miles to uh-huh. gallon. And those words rang in my ear when he walked away after that conversation. I got on that patent. I mean, I got, you know, it was patent Penny, but I'm going, I got to get this. I, you know, right. and, and I did get that patent. Mm. And uh, because one of the things I want to tell inventors out there, too. You know, patents. Big companies. This one thing I have my new platform coming out, store dot com. That's going to change. It's going to be a safe place for entrepreneurs because our products get corruptly taken in this country by companies that uh, they'll copy them. You'll see the box stores. They all have these little monopolies and wow, there's my product I invented, and and so it's going to be a safe place for that. But the um, when you. Uh, when you get a patent, now they're overturning them in our, you know, which I, the president will take care of this. They're overturning China. 80% of our patents. They go back there and just overturn them. Are you kidding me? What do you mean? Who does that? The big, big, big companies. So instead Here in of- in America. In America. Instead of copying wow. your patent, now they go get it overturned. You know? I mean, this is what's going on in our country right wow. now. You know, the president's working on this. But, but let me what tell you-
0: set us. That's what set us apart. That's what made us. Yeah, yeah. It's Ben Franklin. Right,
1: yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to tell you, with the patent- yeah. <laughs> One of the most important things about a patent, even if it's a provisional patent, to get that so you can always make your product yourself, because there is that where they can go around you, get it, and never make it, or go around and get it and not and stop you from making it. So that's one of the reasons I got it. And then with my pillow, they would have copied me or stopped me. But you know what happened? In 2011, when I went to film my first infomercial, my friends and family, we all pooled our money, and I said, we're going to make the biggest infomer- If no one's going to take us, no box stores would take us we went to film this the night before and remember i had very couldn't talk to people right we're filming this and we're doing a, a we're reading off this uh reading our lines this producer texts the other guy said this is the worst guy i've ever seen he'll never make it on tv why did you bring me he says he's paying you don't worry about it you know well when this exploded I went from it aired October 7, thousand eleven. I was living in my sister's basement. It aired at three in the morning, and I had like ten employees. Forty days later, I had five hundred. So it's the thing is, it's too late to close the gate. The cows are out of the barn. My pillow got too big too fast. I've been tried to be copied. by name, the every they've been attacked every which way. But people know me. You can't copy my. You can't copy you can't. me. Yeah. You know. And Thank they. God. Yeah. Was- <laughs> people go. We see enough of that guy. But. They yeah, so I've, I'm actually now with my, that's mystore.com. When this comes out, it's going to help entrepreneurs, a safe so what, place.
0: Are you all, to talk about it? Yeah, yeah, okay, I can talk
1: about it? it right now. And what it is, it's a platform. You're going to come out there like, I'm think of a mini Amazon. And these vendors, you can go there now. If you have a product out there, you can go there now. Um, we, we've, we're vetting American products or entrepreneurs. It can be, if you can't make it here, obviously, mm-hmm. if you're a good idea or whatever. So it's a safe place. You We, we vet them. I have another company vetting, and they get up there and you have a platform i'm going to bring the eyes i'm going to bring all the eyes to the platform uh-huh. and then you're going you have to fight corrupt google and amazon where you're buying adwords on google and and facebook from Sucker buck from uh-huh. facebook all these corrupt places it's horrible and and um and then amazon where you oh, there's your product it's not even your product they're doing they're copying my my giza sheets right now you, you put you put in giza sheets and it's they're not even selling you know selling my product i only I, giza cotton uh-huh. it's another thing or the, you don't even get the product at all. It's terrible. They don't vet their stuff on these big platforms. They don't care about the little guy. Well, I do. And I also now I've told the box stores what I'm going to do to save the box stores from from Amazon, you know, how they're crushing them. I'm going to go to the box stores. Once we have all these great vetted products, but you're going to see me on TV a lot more now, but that's, that's okay. <laughs> but all these, there'll be a section a my store section, picture cut out where I vetted these products. These are my store products. These are good old American USA, great entrepreneurs. And then you're going to go, these stores then will have them. They can say, Hey, we have my store products and get people. Going into their stores, and uh, they've all—most of them have agreed. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll put out a section because they need. They everyone likes new names. They like people, you know, coming. Yeah, and the box stores are really it, struggling. And if they go down, if they go under. That what's going to happen is they go down, then your theaters go down, your gas station, everything around there goes down. Yeah. These big malls, you know, in Minnesota we have a lot of big malls. We're the first first mall ever mall started of America. in America, yeah. But we've got, you know, I've all these places that'll end up being ghost towns if we don't do something now. You know, and Amazon's a monster. I mean, the U.S. Post Office. Wait till they tell the U.S. Post Office that they're going to be doing all their own delivering. There was a time when Amazon, the U.S. Post Office, was delivering a package to someone's house on a Sunday, but. I I can't get my pillow products delivered i mean they the the deals that they've made the president's right the stuff that amazon's done is so bad and we i'm telling you everyone out there it is it's like a monster it's like just whoomp, whoomp, whoomp. they're just surrounding it's like the movie the glob or the thing back uh-huh. in the day it just uh-huh. just keeps getting bigger so and what bigger. do you mean the post office you can't amazon they they, they use I, I think it got stopped but they was amazon you could del, you could order on a saturday and they the post office was delivering your product on on a Sunday you know they it was it's like an antitrust law why can you deliver Amazon products but you can't deliver other products from other people that mail like if you and I mail some or other businesses you know they do a lot of stuff very Amazon what they did they made deals back with the US post office very bad deals back we made back in the day and with the IUPS uh, UPS was one of their biggest if you look at a graph now Amazon's doing their own deliveries mm-hmm. that's going up UPS is going way down they said well we're gonna we're gonna knock out this partner mm-hmm. first and then the US post office going up because we're subsidizing every single thing ever shipped by amazon where the u.s post office on your tax dollar we're subsidizing that it was one of the worst deals ever made and i hope the president could if keep, you keep
0: look sure. at bezos and you look at the patents that they have filed recently they are and they'll admit it they are a shipping company primarily yeah. they're yeah. they're trying to get their algorithm to be so accurate yeah. that they can what then they believe it'll be happening in the next couple of years um that when they have when they can predict the individual 95 percent of the time right. it has to be over 95 right all these products are just going to be shipped to you yeah because they'll know what you're looking for absolutely and they'll just ship it so they're a shipping company over yeah. everything else
1: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's I, that scares me where that's going it, and uh, and uh, it's going to be stopped. All the all the Silicon Valley things. I, I was on a show the other day, actually it was a couple months ago, and I had my cell phone, and I was getting interviewed. And they said, and they go, the interviewer says, "Well, Mike, did you hear about uh, Apple? The CEO of Apple badmouths Facebook for um, invading people's privacy." And I go, "Who does he think he is, and that?" I grab my phone and I'm yelling into my phone, "Hey Tim, can you hear me in there? You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is what it's getting to. They know, you know, where the are going these things do need to be broke up these these monopolies or or the competition you know your your hardware stores will make it they're the one things that are still protected you know the hardware stores because people still go into them and you're not you know shopping it's sad when we're going to have a society where a drone delivers your stuff to your door and they and nobody's leaving their house we're all sitting in there oh. like uh you know like the movie 1984 or whatever it was yeah. you know
0: yeah no it's it's, like, it's, it's a, a more like i think wally or, well, yeah, yeah, where, yeah. where the people are just these fat blobs yeah that Chair <laughs> yeah, and everything's yeah, delivered yeah, to yeah. Them.
1: but i but that i i think people ask me all the time about the end times i said god gave us grace november 8 2016 because everything we're just talking about would have been accelerated tenfold if hillary would have gone in you know just there would have been no no it would have been over you know and, and now we have a we have an opportunity here for the greatest revival in history to bring our country back to god and and straighten out these things that are out there we have a great president that can Silo them out and say, we better fix this before it, before it destroys us. Whether that's Silicon Valley, whether that's, uh, you know, your Amazons or your Googles or, you know, these things need to be addressed because it's coming.
0: I, um, I talked to a friend of mine who is uh, deeply involved in the government and deeply concerned about what's known as deep state. It's just mm-hmm. a corrupt group of bureaucrats who think right. they know better than the president and everybody right. else. And I said, um, can we turn this corner? Can Trump turn this corner? And he said, my fear is he is so utterly alone that there are just all of these huge bureaucrats that have been around forever. Uh, right. And he is so utterly alone. And the problem is so massive. Do <laughs> you think he feels, I was watching him at CPAC mm-hmm. and, uh, I thought he's now. This is why he's successful. He's the president, but in those in in his rallies, he's really not. He's the president, but he's like it's your, he's your friend. Absolutely, and, that's what comes across, right? Gotta, you know, yeah. and he's just saying, oh, "You won't believe what I just did this week." You won't believe what's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. he's talking to you like your friend would talk to you yep. if you were upstairs in his living room. Yeah, absolutely, you know what I mean? Yeah, and so. And I think that's why people trust him. But he's also in a room where the people trust him. He's not in those rooms very often where Mm -hmm. he knows they're not going to violate my trust. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And I think he walks out of
1: those stadiums. Energized. I oh, think no, that is absolutely right. right. He needs con- he needs continual confirmation. You know, I've told the, I told the first lady um, a couple months ago, I said, you know what? I want you guys to know this. When I see people on the street, when they come up to me, it's not about a pillow. The number one thing they say is thanks for having our, our presidents back and tell him we're praying mm-hmm. for him. And that means a lot, you know, that that every mm-hmm. that they're behind. It's a confirmation. They're doing the right thing. And he needs that. And, and uh, not because you're right there is times he's completely alone but i think that's changing with us as people start you know not c- go get more boisterous out of fear get rid of the fear it's oh, okay oh. i spent your big business out there you know what my biggest day at my pillow is the day we're in i mean this is what they should not live in fear of that oh it's going to hurt if i if i say that i you know if i say what donald trump's saying you know and I just think more and more people are coming over. You know, why would you not? Once you they get past that and going, this is this is where we're at now. Um, I think he feeds off that. I think it's uh, it builds his confidence that he's doing the right thing. Can you imagine if he didn't have that? Mm-hmm. You couldn't. You Completely couldn't do it. Isolated. You couldn't do He'd it. would be in a prison. To. Yeah, it would be. It, then White House would it. be a prison. It would be a prison, and he and he takes a challenge. Um, of course, he gets hurt at times where they, you know, they these fake things they bring up all the time. And, and Watch him.
0: I watched him, in it,
1: and and uh, the way he
0: stepped back. You know, Obama had this Mussolini kind of pose oh. uh, a lot, and Obama has this. I mean, uh, Trump has this this air to him on television, mm-hmm. but when you're watching him in person, that's not what's happening. No, absolutely not. And he is. He is actually looking. I watched him carefully. He was looking all around the room. What are pe- I just said something? Right. Who's who's for it, who's against yeah. it? What's the room telling me? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's Absolutely. like a very personal focus group mm-hmm. with the people that right. he is right. That that support him.
1: Absolutely. He's like I say, he's a great listener, and he is and he can take it in. You combine that with the one thing he has that no one else can you gotta remember, he was there. Like when you said, you know, here's this New York businessman, he's he's been he's been there. It's like an addict. Like you and I've been there, we can speak out about addiction because we've been there. He's, he's he's been to these places yeah. with he's seen this corruptness, he's seen it with his own eyes, he's dealt with it. I think he said one time. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I give money to Hillary, whatever, because, what, she got to come to a wedding or something. It yeah. was some crazy mm-hmm. thing. It's just like you paid off all this corruptness that, that was legal. Was a lot of it legal, but it's it, but it's morally wrong. You know what I mean? And he's been there and seen all this stuff with his own eyes, and he knows what needs to be fixed for the common man. I think people say, you know, do you think his, it, it, with him it's not all about money? He's got all the money he's ever needed. It's about, it's a challenge Um for him, he, he likes the confirmation if you're with the one-on-one. He really genuinely cares. I actually wish I had that as much as he does. He'll come up, hey, how's you going? I've talked to people. I just came from the White House about a week ago. All this, there's Secret Service, and there's door people, there's all these workers. I probably had a conversation with these six of them, and everyone I said, how's it, how it, how it going? He goes, I love it. One guy had been there just a year. He's like an internee. He says, I can't believe it. He goes, every time he comes by me, he'll say, how's it going? Remembers my name, you know, and these things, and it's a personal thing and he's not doing it but nobody knows doing it so he's not doing it for any political thing yeah. he's doing it because he cares and that's you know and just like just like um back then when I you know when I did stuff it also makes him feel good inside that he's doing the right thing you know what i mean when he's getting the the feedback and when he's and so i you know people can sit there and when we talk about the twitter and stuff they say mike what, boy he should stop twitter and you know what when he's tweeting there's so many good things that people doing about that are going on out here because it's like a you know he doesn't have the house to work with so he's got all these great things going on that people don't even realize the stuff he's doing that I know he's doing for like addiction and all these things that he can do with executive orders that that these are going on but they don't even put it in the news because they're so busy worrying about his tweet
0: mm-hmm. you know he's the ultimate other hand yeah look over yeah, here look he over really here is. the Republicans are such a disaster they've had the greatest misdirection for 4 years yeah. and they haven't used it yeah, they, haven't they could have it. they could have passed anything anything anything, anything. anything. and yeah. and yeah. it and the press would have been like yeah yeah whatever everybody's required to have a gun yeah but have you
1: seen what he's done today what he I, tweeted yeah, yeah. And they
0: could have passed they anything be,
1: well you know what i do believe though i believe in 18 that we got rid of a lot of bad republicans so like this will be i believe everything will come back now the house and everything and i and then these those four years you wait and how you gonna see what you know that's obviously that's our prayer that's what we all should mm-hmm. be praying for because then the things that can you know, you know everybody with him and behind him i uh, we could just one after another things that what he's done without any help you know think what he could do if they if the republicans got behind him and you know
0: so uh, let's let's just uh end it here with what's going to the future when do you introduce and launch your initiative to um Save people from it, addiction.
1: Right. I'm, I, it'll probably be about two months. I have my book out now. Um, I'm using. It's called What Are the Odds from Crack Addict to CEO. That book is <laughs> out there. It's the greatest. But name it's ever. not out there in a way like you would normally think. You can get it. You can, I, I self published. I'm dealing with all. I kind of changing that industry. I even bought my own paper. I didn't want to give all the money to the middleman. So
0: CBS just yesterday sold CBS Viacom. Just announced they're selling simon and schuster and when i saw that news i went of course they are loser Mm -hmm. there is the the book printing industry is over well, they why take, would I, if you have a platform, right. Why would why you would them? you lose that? Well, them? here
1: you know, and it's unfair. Like Amazon, they take sixty five percent for the digital book. I'm not putting it up there. Are you kidding me? I'm not giving him more money for this. this money for this book is going to the kingdom, the Lindell Recovery Network. I I put it all in myself, all the money and everything. I didn't I didn't go out and ask for people's money. This is this is going to launch probably about I'll say at the latest two months, maybe maybe three at the most. We have the the back end. The, it's going to be an Amazing app and website, and it's going to set free millions of addicts and employ tens of thousands of ones that have their heart restored. This is a game changer like you've never seen. This is involves you know fifty thousand churches so far, and, and 3, four thousand treatment centers. But it's also going to be the best online help in history. How's
0: and, it going to employ people?
1: The, there'll be the addicts that come out of your, your long-term treatment these guys are going to be those are going to be my workers the, where they'll be uh, I need customer service it's, it's, a, it's pretty complicated but I'll tell you that a they're going to be
0: a second chance
1: yeah yeah, they're going to be these are, these are second chance people but they're, they're um, right now the Salvation Army has been doing this for years they employ like 50% from within and employers grab their employees when they're at their heart restored because there's no better hard worker than an addict that's been restored I think you and I are proof for that you yeah. just work hard you love what you're doing and and for right now right reasons and right now we're in an employee's um It's an employee's market out there. You can go, even corporate America, people are changing. They're going, you know what? I'm not going to work 60 hours a week now so you guy above them can get all the credit with the CEO. You know what? I'm going to tell them, I'm either working a normal 40-hour week or I'm going to go to another company. We're in a great position right now where everybody's Mm -hmm. getting higher wages and stuff. But this platform I'm launching between two and three months, I'm launching my My Store for entrepreneurs in about three weeks. And I really, and, and, but I'm, you know, I got three things going on. Then the president, I'm, I'm doing the, the, the uh, chairman of the Minnesota Trump campaign for me. I've got all three of these going because they all tie together now because it's, you know, I do realize that. Now this, where now politics make a lot of the things I'm doing even possible. Like, let's just take the entrepreneur platform. So many things that the the president's doing to protect our entrepreneurs in this country. I could sit here and list. We could talk. There'd be another hour. I could tell you all these great things that are going on right now. Where before you had about four companies who were monopolizing and taking our good entrepreneurs, and they sit at home. They don't have money to fight it, and they go, "Wow, I invented this one time," or they have inventions they're too afraid to do anything because they're working and they live in fear that what if I fail when they need a safe place so they don't have that fear of failure and that this is going to be a game changer for that and it's um it's really exciting that you know for me I give all the glory to God God gave me this platform you know it's not about my pillow that's just a platform of being to have the, the integrity and notoriety to be able to do these things and to be able to not put up with these big companies your Googles of the world and say you know I, the other day, I was bad on TV, and my lawyer told him, said, quit bad-mouthing Google. I go, Pff, why? Yeah. You know, why? What are they going to do? Turn me off? I'll, I'll, I'll tell the rest of the world how, you know. Right.
0: So let me ask you this. Minnesota had uh, a wrestler as a governor. Right. <laughs> Old Jesse. Uh, crack addict, TV pitch man, entrepreneur, is
1: is governor in well in everybody that wants future. me everybody wants me to run i prayed about it and i really you know <laughs> admit I've, I've even met with a lot of governors saying what's it like being a governor will i be able to change minnesota would i be able to help and that's 2022 so i'm really looking at minnesota this time and saying you know we don't have the the house legislators the state legislators it's uh it's democrat and if that you know if we get that flipped and i could really make a difference you know and god leads me that way i'll do it you know i wherever i'm led and um so i will tell you right now um, we'll see, but I'm not afraid of it one bit. I told the governors I talked to, I talked to six of them, half-hour private meetings to ask them about this, and they all said, well, Mike, the hardest part's the campaign. You're going to get attacked and smeared. I said... I love that part. I'm, I'm used to that. I love fighting the other media. Mm-hmm. You know, we were at the. I was at the Iowa caucus with uh, all the. Uh, we, I went there. It's one of the few um, non surrogates or whatever that were all there, and they, all the congressmen, Jim Jordan, Mark Meadows, and everybody was there. For, we all went to different different caucuses. I learned what a caucus was. You know, mm-hmm. and anyway, we were all sitting in a booth, and uh, this is the day before. And I said, there was some bad news there. And Joe uh, was with Jerry Falwell Jr. too. And he says, he says, I'm not talking to them. They wrote a bad article for me. They lied. And I said, I'll go talk to her. And I, I walked up and I, I started talking. Well, Mike, can I interview you? I talked for thirty, almost thirty minutes, and these guys are laughing in the booth. Because she goes, "I gotta go," you know. She, she couldn't take all the good, you know. Guess what? Never got printed. You know, never got. You know, she. So she wasted a half hour of her time because I'm sorry, I'm only going to tell you good things. You know, I don't tr- usually. You know, ninety percent of the time, I don't badmouth the other side. They do that to themselves. I want to get people from the other side and say, "Hey, you guys, it's just your congressmen and your politicians, you you people that are over here." come on in it's okay quit listening to them you know and i want to get that message out and i think that's what we're that's what we're here for to get the message out and we're in the greatest revival in history and in order to get god back to our country we need to do it through we need these next five years and at least at this time in this country's history to all be to back this great president and great administration because we can do a lot for the kingdom if that happens Mike Lindell. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thanks, thanks for having me yeah, on. It's always awesome. fun. <laughs> <laughs>